says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession that I will meditate therein both day and night on a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening, Monday through Friday. And because I do, my life is blessed. It's no more a mess. Now everything I touch, everything I touch now turns to success. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your anointing, burden removing, yoke destroying power. We humble ourselves in your presence and we ask for your Holy Spirit to be upon us. Give us ears to hear, hearts that are open and receptive, that we not miss it to the right hand or to the left, but that we give you all the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise in Jesus' name. And all agree with that prayer said, amen, amen. Open with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew, chapter 18. And I want to look at verse 18 through 20. I thought I was going to be concluding a series that I started uh, four weeks ago on the subject of gathered together. Uh, but something's come up in me real strong, and then I thought I'd be able to, uh, so I won't be able to conclude it today. It'll be today and at least uh, on next Sunday. So our text for that is in Matthew 18, verse 18. It says this, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Thank you, guys. Thank you all so much. Whatever you loose on earth, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. Will be loosed in heaven. And then the next verse it says. says again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they shall ask it shall be done for them of or by my father in heaven for where two or three are gathered together in my name I am there in the midst of them so how many have ever heard the expression, united we stand and divided we fall? I want to talk to you today about the united we stand part. Because I believe with all of my heart that we're experiencing a spirit of division uh, throughout the country and you know, probably even around the world like never before. Which makes what I believe I have in my heart to share from the Lord extremely important. In the first message in this series, we talked about the fact that it's time to gather the scattered. In my lifetime, I've never been out of church for six months. 
Now, I'm going to give you a, 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 a dichotomy there. I've never not walked with the Lord for six months since a child. I was raised in children's church. My father is a pastor preaching today. All I know is Jesus. Uh, I don't remember getting born again <laughs> because I've believed in Jesus since a child. Now, there, there was a point in time in my college years where he became my Lord, but I've never not loved him. Oh, man, this is good. So I, I, I love God. I've served God. On Sunday, that's what I do. I go to church, not out of tradition, not just because it's how I'm raised. It's what I want to do. When I go on vacation, I want to go to church, right? Because worshiping God is my life. I look forward to my children being able to have that same kind of testimony that they've never not walked with God for a long period of time in their life. Not saying by any stretch of the imagination that I'm perfect. I've had to repent and rededicate my life to God many times. But never in my life have I been out of church. The other part of this is, you know, this is only the second week in six months where we have physically met together. I've never not physically gone to church for a six-month period in my lifetime, whether it be in college. I mean, I'd go to the club and get the stamp on my hand and then be sitting up in church and look down and be like, oh, man. Oh, y'all not going to be honest in this church today. <laughs> not, not, not doing like I'm supposed to do it. Not doing like I know to do, right? But, but just know I, I, I've got to worship God and, and I've got to be in the presence of the Lord. Well, through this uh, stay at home and, 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 and social distancing, so many in the body of Christ, God's sheep, have been scattered. And so when we started this series, we started by saying it is time to gather the scattered. You know, one of the most important verses in that message indicated that assembly is required. In other words, it's not okay not to go to church. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is and much the more as you see the day approaching. I thank God for every single one of you that are here in the building. Those of you that are online, I thank God that you're online live right now. But if the truth be told. Because of this stay-at-home order, the enemy has been able to scatter us, and we, so many in the body of Christ, are not where we're supposed to be spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, in our marriage, and in every other way. Amen. Assembly is required. That means it's necessary for us to get up and to go to church. Amen? Another, another important uh, verse of Scripture uh, that was indicated is that the church is the secret place of the Most High God. You all remember that? And I don't know about you, one of the safest places you could ever be in life is in the secret place of the Most High God. 
If you can go to work, work is essential. If you can go and get food or gas, that is essential. To you and I, church should be essential. If I don't do anything else, if I don't go to work, if I don't go to school, if I don't get my hair done, if I don't, you know, take care, I've got to go to church. Why? Because the Bible says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Lord and stepped into my anointing, I was wondering where that was. Come on today, we're going to have church. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He's the place I run when things aren't going well. He's the person I run to when things aren't acting right. He's my secret place. Whoo, glory. He said a thousand when you dwell in the secret place. I'm talking about the church is the secret. See, the church is a secret to the world. I believe Faith Family Church has long been the best kept secret in Houston, Texas. Time's out for that. We need to become known because in this place, the most high God visits on a regular basis. Whoo, man. He says, when you're in that secret place of the Most High God, a thousand can fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. He said he'll give his angels to those that dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. He'll give his angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot. They'll bear you up in their hands. Come on, somebody. He said, no evil will befall the person. You ever wonder why bad things happen to good people? Oftentimes it's because they weren't dwelling in the secret place. Because he said in the secret place, uh, no evil will befall you and no plague shall come near your dwelling. Last place you should ever worry about catching a contagious disease is, is church. Jesus shows up when we are at church. So this word is relevant. This word is important. It is important for you to shape in your mind because what Satan is trying to condition us, this is not the last coronavirus. He wants there to be a coronavirus 21, not just a COVID-19. Come on, and, and the Bible prophesies that in the last days, the perilous times will come and there will be pestilences that are released and famines in the earth. Hallelujah. I'm just catching my breath. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. But the enemy wants to condition you and I that in times of crises, don't go out from home. Come on, talk to me now. That, that, that if, 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 there's if there is terror in the street, don't go out in the street. If riots start to break out in Houston and, and things get dangerous in the streets, Satan wants to condition you, don't go to church. When, when, when he has attacked in the church, 
where, where, where intruders have come in and, and, and people were hurt in church and, and shot. He wants to condition the mind that the church is not a safe place. I come against that in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on now. He wants to condition the mind and the believer that, oh, if there's danger, stay at home, stay at home. So what did we do? We, we took time in the second and the third message to look at what happens when we are gathered together, according to the word of God. Now, how many of you, there are 10 things that happen when we gather together. How many of you all know all 10? Come on, by a show of hands. I got one hand up here. Right? Oh, man, this is awesome. Let's go over them in our mind. One of the first things that happens when we gather together, Jesus shows up. Right? It's not just us in here. Come on, he's in here somewhere. Oh, come on. I may not be able to see him. I don't know if he's sitting here or standing there. The Bible says where he said where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I. Come on now. In the midst of him. Lift up your hands and say, we welcome you, Jesus. We welcome you, Lord. Have your way in the world today. Another thing that happens is the word of God is preached. Is that right? Another thing that happens is revelation knowledge gets to flowing. Woo! Light bulbs get to getting turned on. Amen? Another thing that happens when we gather together, the Holy Spirit starts to move. Is that right? Another thing that happens, number five, is that praise and worship happens, right? We, oh, come on, y'all help me now. We get to praising and worshiping God. The reason why I'm going over this and taking time today to go over this and if you could set my clock for 28 minutes because I'm gonna preach the message this is all review amen but um another thing that happens is that we begin to praise and worship and it's important for us to know this this is say it out loud this is church is a safe place and it's so important for other and it's a place where we want to be the sixth and the seventh thing that happens when we gather together is prayer and answer to prayer. Is that right? And we looked at scriptures that when trouble came and they gathered themselves together, answers to prayer happened. Listen, if you're at home and you've been praying for a job, if you're at home and you've been praying for your marriage, if you're at home and you've been praying for uh, your healing to manifest, if you're at home and you've been praying for some kind of manifestation and breakthrough, the place you want to be, it's good that you're gathered online, but if you want to see, come on now, some answers to to prayer when you need God to move in your life. Find yourself a church and a place to worship. Because while you're in church lifting up your hands, God's got angels working behind the scenes on your behalf. Somebody shout hallelujah. Can we have church today? Whoo, glory to God. Answers to prayer happen, and we saw it in the Word of God. Things that they were believing for and needed to have happen showed up when they were gathered together. Another thing that happened, prayer happens. Another thing that happens, salvation happens. Is that important? The ninth thing that happens, healing happens when we're gathered together. And the tenth thing that happens when we're gathered together is miracles, signs, and wonders. The devil don't want any of that to happen, but there's two more, and you can start my clock. Thank you. As I sought the Lord 
for direction. I thought, you know, we're just going to do these 10 and preach one more message and we'll be done. But something come up real big in my heart to minister this week and next week. There are two more things that happen when we're gathered together. So let me share with this, this with you today. Number 11 is unity happens when we're gathered together. See, united we stand and divided we fall. If you've ever watched a National Geographic and you see a, a, a you know, herd of wild buffalo uh, and, and, and a lion that, that's attacking a herd, there's no way a lion could defeat a herd of almost anything. But he's not looking to attack the herd. He's looking to attack the individual. And I can tell you, believers have been under attack during these last six months like we've not seen. Marriages particularly have been under severe attack, and we're going to deal with it. Because what Satan is trying to do is divide in order to conquer. He's trying to get one set against another because he knows two, uh, 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 two are better than one, and a threefold, uh, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. He wants you to be segregated racially. He wants you to be separated economically. He wants you to have divisions in your heart and mind politically. Why? Because he understands that united we stand and divided we fall. He doesn't want the church to get back to the levels that we were reaching. He doesn't want us to grow beyond the walls and the buildings and the facilities. Why? Because he can pick you off a lot better when you're sitting at home in a dark room alone with nobody to pick you up when you're falling behind. Y'all gonna let me preach this today. It's important for us to gather together. If you want to understand why are people tripping over the paint job on their house which is really, there's only one race, the human race. There's not a white race and a black race and a yellow race and a red race and a brown race. That's foolishness. God made us of one blood. Oh, y'all going to let me preach this today. And you want to know what will cure all of this stuff up? Put us in a room and let us talk about it. Get us gathered together. You know what separates us is just a lack of understanding. I don't understand why you do like that. I don't understand why you eat like that and why you got to wear your hair like that and why you got to talk like that. And, you know, you just always, just, you just, we don't understand. So a lack of ignorance, come on, a, 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 a lack of knowledge, which is ignorance, destroys. Same thing politically. In a number of days... We're going to see one of the greatest expressions of division in the United States for at least the next four years until it happens again. And I don't care which party you've been thinking towards. I'm neither Democratic or Republican. I'm Christian. Do I vote? Absolutely, I vote. But my position as a born-again believer is not politics but prayer 
Woo, I don't know if you. And see, you know what will happen is? So, oh, Pastor, you talk about that politics. You know what? There, there are some that will be divided from the church if the church begin to take a position for one political party over another. You know why? Because politics weigh way heavy on their heart. Now, if, if you don't think like I think politically, I will separate from you spiritually. Woo! Glory to God. I'll separate from you spiritually if you don't agree with me politically. And you know what? who's behind it? Satan. If the election falls out to 52% want this person and 48% want that person, don't rejoice if your candidate wins. Why? Because your brethren, your nation is divided. Half of them are happy and other half of them are unhappy. And that's not what God intends or wants for his people. Someone talked to you about unity today. Am I preaching too hard? I got about 21 minutes. I think I can get it out. But y'all got to cooperate with me. Amen. Unity happens when we are gathered together. Now, in the book of Judges, chapter 20 and verse 1, <clears throat> I just want to tie these two words, gathered together with unity so that you can see it. In over 81 different verses, the phrase gathered together is used. We won't look at all of them. But one of the things the scripture indicates that happens is that unity happens. So all the children of Israel came out, of, out from Dan to Beersheba as well as from the land of Gilead. <clears throat> the next verse says, or the last part of that first verse, keep it going for me. Um, so all the children of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba as well as from the land of Gilead. And the congregation gathered together as one man before the Lord at Mizpah. So all the men of Israel were gathered against that city, united or knit together, verse 11. So all the men of Israel were gathered against that city, united together as one man. One thing that happens when we all come together. Listen, there wouldn't be room enough for Faith Family Church in this facility. We're almost at capacity. There wouldn't be room enough if all of us gathered together today. Right? But you know what happens when we get together? Unity will happen. We'll begin to move. You know why? Because all of a sudden, we're hearing words preached from the word of God, and now all of our minds start to shape and think similarly about the importance of politics versus the importance of prayer. Come on. Now you won't be able to separate us on the lines of politics, no matter who you like in that arena. Why? Because we understand our position is so much more important. Why? Because we heard something from the, the spirit of God that joined. Come on. That I can say amen, whether I know what you are or not, because I know what you just said was by the spirit of God. Come on now. That was by the spirit of God. And I can agree with that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to be back in church. I, you know, I was feeling kind of funny standing in that room looking at that camera. I was, you know, putting on a real big smile, but it took a lot. Come on. Preaching to a camera lens in Psalm 133. Is this all right for anybody? In Psalm 133, stanza one, it says this. 
Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down from the beard. Come on, the head bone is connected to the neck bone. And the neck bone is connected to, to the spine. And the spine is connected to the shoulder bone. Y'all got to help me now. <laughs> notice this. Notice what happens. I want to make sure you get this. When brethren dwell together in unity, something happens. There's something that starts to flow and be released as a result. It's like, he said, let me describe what it's like. It's like when they took the anointing oil, when the prophet took the anointing oil, and poured it on the priest. And it flowed from his head down to his beard. But it didn't stop there. Because his beard touched his garments. But it didn't stop there. It ran down from the beard of Aaron, running down all the way to the edge of his garments. He said, let me also tell you what it's like. It's like the dew of Hermon. That's a mountain. And as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. Can I take my time today? So now notice there is an anointing that's released among us when we're gathered together. How many of y'all know that makes that time very important? Because, oh, come on, y'all help me now because then I have to stay a little bit longer, right? How many of y'all know that's important because you need an unction to function. You need an anointing for life. That anointing for life will help you be a little sweeter to your wife or to your husband. Oh, I ain't getting no amens. Come on, y'all help me now. Let's look at it a different way. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, there's an anointing that's released. Something happens when we physically are gathered together. God sees it as good and as pleasant, and there's an anointing. Somebody say, there's an anointing in the room right now. It's coming over me like lotion. It's, it's pouring out on me like oil. I'm going to leave better. Come on, say it out loud. I'm going to leave better. Then I came. There were some heavy burdens and there were some yokes that are now destroyed because of the anointing that I just stepped into. Come on now. So I challenge you if you're at home watching this, get in a church. We're still faith family. Hey. <laughs> Right? All over the country. Right? Hey, love you. But get in a physical location, even while we're family, so that an anointing can flow and be released. Amen? Now, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all, you could say, gathered together in one accord. That's unity. See, you could be gathered together and be in discord. 
You could be gathered together and get to fighting and fussing, right? <laughs> Some of us, you know, coronavirus was a wreck because, you know, we locked in quarters, right? Oh, man, he got quiet on that one. I, I know, amen, amen to everybody online. Preach that, Pastor, amen. But they weren't just together. Unity happened. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You want to know what happens when we're gathered together? The Holy Spirit moves. Unity activates the move of the Holy Ghost. That's another reason why it's important for us to gather together. Now, there were 120 of them that were in that upper room in Acts chapter 2. I thought this was very interesting when I saw this because in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, I'm just showing you a few examples as I'm about to share some very powerful things about the importance of unity as we're gathered together. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11, it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place for all the priests who were present. Ooh, glory. <laughs> Man, I got excited about this when I read this the first time, and it's come on me again. Let me read it again. Verse 11, it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place. I wonder if... The most holy place is like the secret place. <laughs> I wonder if, Sister Angela, the most holy place and the secret place of the most high God are essentially the same. How many of y'all know that the, that the pastors and the executive pastors and assistant pastors, we ought to spend some time with God. And, and when, it, when, when it comes to pass, <laughs> come on, y'all, help me now. When it comes to pass, when we come out of being with God, something ought to be on us. Something ought to be in us, and something ought to be able to be released through us, and we should be able to see it happen. Amen? So it came to pass that when, 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 when the pastors came out, of the most holy place for all the priests who were who were uh, present had sanctified themselves that word sanctified means to separate keep that in mind because you know you divide yourself from what's going on in this world and you separate yourself under God that is a good division that is a sanctification and something can happen as a result of that he said they sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. Uh, and the Levites, who were the singers, and all of Asaph and Haman and Judith and with their uh, and with their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar clothed in white linen. They had cymbals and they had cymbals and string instruments and harps and with them 120 priests were sounding with the trumpets. Come on, somebody. So I want you to imagine. Come on, look up at me for a moment. There were 120 priests that were spending some time together in the presence of God. They separated themselves from the world 
Come on. And now they're spinning. And then they came out. And the verse, next verse says, the next verse says, and indeed it came to pass that when the trumpeters and the singers were as one, meaning were united as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and with the cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for the, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud and so that the priest could not continue ministering because the cloud for the glory of the Lord had did what? Filled the house of God. How many of y'all want to see the day come where we get into one place of worship, where we get together so united together, where the Holy Ghost gets to moving right in the midst of our praise and worship that God himself fills this place with his manifest presence somebody say glory to God come on say it out loud glory to God see he inhabits the praises of his people one more time say glory to God see when we're gathered together and unity happens something we ought to be seeing something we we they an anointing was re released because they reached a point of unison. Say it out loud. There was an anointing released because they reached a point of unison. Now, in Luke chapter 11, we looked at this in Matthew last time. I was on this subject, which is three weeks ago. Uh, Jesus said in verse 17, but he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house falls. Jesus in another place said it the same way. He said, a house divided against itself shall not stand. I want to talk to the marriages, especially those that are online right now. Because not only are we talking about what can happen when we're gathered together as a church family, but what about your family? Because united you stand, but as long as you continue, thank you, with division, <clears throat> thank you, <clears throat> then you're going to fall. So I, I'm exposing Satan's tactic against you and teaching on the importance of unity from the Word of God. Because when, when, when unity happens, come on now, pay attention now. When unity happens in your marriage, no weapon formed against you will prosper. When unity happens with you and your family, then it doesn't matter if you get a layoff on the job. Because we can come against anything, right? Ah, thank you, Lord, for this anointing. Satan knows that a house divided against itself will fall. So he works to bring about division in marriage relationships especially. In Luke chapter 12, though, 
in verse 51, Jesus said, do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you not at all, but rather division. When I read that, it bothered me significantly because my thought is that Jesus is not coming to bring division. I got one amen. Are y'all paying attention? Are y'all not distracted, right? He said, I came not to bring peace, but I came to bring a separation. So now, Jesus, you got to explain to me what you mean, right? By this, because he said, do you, do you think that, that that's what's supposed to mean? Do, do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? You know, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. Kumbaya, Lord, kumbaya. Can't we just all get along? <laughs> but in this moment, he's trying, to, he's trying to bring something else to life. So let's, let's read it carefully. He said, do you suppose that I came to bring peace on earth? I tell you not at all, but rather division. The next verse says, from now, from now on forward, now five will be in one house. Have you ever gone by a house and seen how many cars in the driveway? You know that more than one family live in that house. Oh, it's quiet here. Come on, y'all focus now. <laughs> He said, from now, uh, from a while, there's going to be five grown folks in one house, and they will be divided. There will be three against two and two against three. And if you're at home right now, you, and, if, and it sounds like God just put his finger, then pay attention. Come on. Because how many of you all know this is real? This is what goes on in real life where you could have five people in the family, two against three, and three against two. He's talking about division, and we got to pay attention because, you say it with me, united we stand and divided what's going to happen, we fall. Satan knows that, so he brings about division. But from the looks of this verse, there is a kind of division brought by the Lord. Now, everything God does is good. So that divorce and separation is not from God. Oh, see, I didn't get a lot of amens on that. That's all right. I'm going to need extra time today, and we got to shut it down in a minute. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Look how he breaks it down. He says, father will be divided against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother. And I got to watch this one because my mother-in-law is watching. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. And daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and then you can mix it up any way you want. Son-in-law against father-in-law, son-in-law against mother-in-law. Come on, y'all got to help me now. You can even put it in. Husband's going to be against wife. Wife is going to be against husband. He's saying from now until I come back, there is going to be this kind of disruption that's happening in the world. So then not only... Is Satan at work to bring about division? Jesus himself is making a difference between us and the world. I said Jesus is, is making a distinction. See, if you're not living for God, if you're not serving God and loving God like I am and you in my house, there's going to be a division. Oh, see, come on. I'm not talking about an evil division. There, there's just going to be a naturally division because I'm, I'm all in for God. I'm loving God. I want to do right. I'm the, come on. And so if, if you're not loving God like I'm loving God, then you're going to have a problem with me. 
If you're not serving God like I'm serving God, then you're going to have a problem with me. Now, put us in the mix of the world. The reason why there is, there ought to be a difference between the church and the world. And Jesus is the one that's distinguishing that. He doesn't want us to get along with the world and believe like they believe. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate. Oh, man. Be not conformed to this world. So then, with a few things like that, I understood that the division he's talking about that he brings is one where he's making a difference between those that believe God and going to live for God and those that's not going to obey what God said. There will be some difference between. Now, this, is, this passage is the same as it's recorded in the book of Ma- uh, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 34 through 37. <clears throat> Verse 34 says, do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. You know what a sword does? You know, in Hebrews, it says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division between of joint and marrow of soul and spirit. And it's a discerner. It's a separator. He said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring something that's going to separate between light and darkness, between good and bad. Right. He said, I came to bring in one translation, he said, a a division in this way. I like it. It says a sword. So let's read a little bit more. In the next verse, it says, I came to bring a sword for I have come to set a man against his father. Now, if you read that without revelation knowledge, see, that's why when we come together, we need revelation knowledge to begin to flow because Jesus is trying to tell us something here. He says, I have come to set a man against his father. Now, why would Jesus say, well, if the father ain't living for God, come on. If the man ain't living for God, there ought to be a difference between. Not that he's trying to destroy them, but he's trying to bring one and bring them over into the other. Amen. A daughter against her mother and uh, and, uh, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. As you can see, it's the same passage. Next verse, come on. Um, And a a man's enemies. Look at this one now. I'm going to slow down and preach the rest of this. Because if you can't find yourself in this message, then, then you are excused to go home. We've, we've been in church long enough. I think you've got enough. God bless you. But for the rest of us that need this word, come on. He said a man's enemies will be those of his own household. So if you've ever been in a place where there's been trouble at home, then pay attention. So we see very clearly. Now, he uses the word, oh, he said, he who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. See, if you're not doing life right, and, and, and y'all marry, and, and, and you love your mama or your daddy more than Jesus, because <laughs> Jesus said to do certain things. And Jesus said, if you love me, oh, it done got quiet because I'm touching your toes. Amen. So let me minister to the people that are online. (laughs) See, Jesus said, if you love me, then you'll do what I tell you to do. But if you love your mother or your father, if you love your son or your daughter more than you love Jesus, then you are not going to do what Jesus tells you to do. And you know what's going to be the result of your lack of love for Jesus is there going to be division. 
I wonder if husbands are having trouble because they don't have enough love for God. I wonder if wives are having trouble because they don't have enough love for God. Because then when, when we love him, we do, come on, y'all make this too tough for me. We do what he tells us to do. So right in context, he describes the division he comes to bring is that there's a separation for those that love me and then those that aren't doing what the Word says. He said, he who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter, uh, son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now, I need a place to unhook here. Uh, the, the new King James used the word set a man against his father. But the King James used the word set a man at variance. Variance. So let's look at that because, again, he doesn't bring bad division. He brings a good separation. See, you know, in marriage, one of the worst things that can happen is one spouse move out. Right? If you want to shoot the rest of your marriage in a the foot, then get an apartment. <laughs> oh, man, I'm preaching good. If, if, now, the marriage is already shot to shreds. If you want to shoot another hole in it, then move out. Oh, it got quiet. I'll keep, I'll keep it going. A variance. A variance. What is a variance? Is the quality of being different divergence. It's a variable. See, he's trying to set a, a variance, a variable, a difference between those that are loving God and those that are not. So in Christ, there is a required separation between us and the world. As we said, 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. This is a good separation or division. And the scripture said, be not conformed to this world. Now turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. And let's look at verse 6. Oh, there's best Uncle Carol. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's the banana. Just give me a few more minutes. I'm over time. Can I have a few more minutes? All right. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man what? Separate. Notice they ask him about divorce, and Jesus answered them with the word separate. Why? Because separation is going to lead you to divorce in most situations unless the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you. Amen? Now, this separation is a bad separation or division. As I get ready to close, I want to look at a story in Genesis chapter 11. What am I saying to you? Unity is extremely important in life and especially in a marriage. In life, Satan wants to divide you in order to conquer you. In a marriage, Satan wants to set one against another for whatever reason. It could be over toilet paper. You all do know people get divorced because of the toilet paper. 
Because that's the last time I done told you to not put the toilet paper. I don't like one-ply toilet paper. And it just seems like, you know, I can't stand you because, I mean, I mean, I just, it's never, I mean, I've asked you to do this. This one thing. I've asked, come on, y'all got to help me now. This one thing. And I just asked you to do this one thing. I don't like one-ply toilet paper. You know what? I'm tired of you. You don't care. Oh, come on, y'all. Y'all help me now. You don't care about me because you just keep buying this one ply talk come you just how much is it gonna cost you to buy some better toilet paper how many of y'all know it ain't the toilet paper it's something much deeper but the devil is using little stuff look somebody say little stuff little insignificant stuff to destroy that family. That's all he wants. He don't care about you at all. All he wants you to do is to get divorced so that he can get you separated, get you feeling bad, get you doing things you ain't got no business doing, keep you further and further. Am I preaching good today? Keep you further and further away from God so he'll get you caught up over the littlest things that will divide you to pick you apart. That's what he wants to do with the church, get one against this. That's what he wants to get. You think the devil cares whether a Democratic president rules or whether a Republican president rules, whether black people like white people or Hispanic people like the Asians? No, the devil just wants division so that he can conquer people's lives. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, you can play something softly. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar. They dwelt there. They said one to another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone. They had asphalt for mortar. They said, come, let us uh, build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Let us, lest we be scattered abroad over all the face of the whole earth for but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the son of men had built and the Lord said indeed the people are one and they all have one language and that this they began to do now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them come let us go down confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech so the Lord scattered them from there over the face of all the earth and they ceased from building the city therefore it was named Babel called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord has scattered them ab abroad over the face of all the earth if you're watching me today I, and especially if you're married if you've ever been married or if you're going to be married I want you to pay attention to this there's a spirit of division at work in the earth I want you to imagine this story is the story of a marriage. There was a couple that was dating, and they were speaking each other's language. I know there was a book that says that men are from Mars and women are from Venus, particularly writing to people that are in marriage relationships. Because when you're dating, love is blind. But when you're married, it's an eye-opener. That was funny if I say so myself. But see, in, in, in Genesis chapter 11 and verse number 1, I want you to go back there. I want you to see that now the whole earth, this couple was with one language. Not only did they both speak English, but they understood one another. Have you ever talked to a person and they're speaking English, but you don't really understand what they're saying? I just got a couple nods. Are y'all tired? 
I'm preaching. Y'all not tired, are you, right? Have you ever been in a conversation? Your mouth is moving, but I don't understand what you're saying. Have you ever been in a marriage where it just seems like my husband doesn't understand me or my wife doesn't get it? I've been trying to say it. I've been arguing. I've been fussing. I've been trying to be quiet, but it just seems like they don't get it. What's happening there? It's not that they don't speak English or Spanish but they don't understand one another's speech. If there wasn't a difference, then he would have said all the earth was of the same language. But he said not only were they of the same language, but they understood each other's speech. Notice what happens when we don't speak the same or understand the same. Division is the result. That's the story of the Tower of Babel. You notice what they did? This couple that was dating, they were in the relationship. They were thinking, you know what? Come on, let's build a family together. Let's build a life together. Let's set ourselves in a way for retirement. Let's do this. That's what they said. Let us go, and we can do this. But the problem here is that they tried to do it without God, and now they're dealing with something that's from the devil because they tried to do something without God. You know why God came down and brought division? Oh, man, see, now it connects good division and bad division. The reason why he brought down and brought this division was because they were doing it without them, without him. They didn't go to God and say, God, should we build us a tower that can get up closer to where you are? No, they said to one another, let's do this. Let's start a business. Let's start a family. Come on. And they endeavored to do it without God. And he said that, you know what? When people are one accord doing stuff without God's help, then nothing that they, are, that they imagine to do. And so in order so they don't end up in a wrong way, he brought some separation between them so that they could ultimately turn back to him. Am I preaching good today? So sure enough, all God had to do was just, let me tell you how important communication is. All he had to do was just tweak their understanding. Just tweak it. Just, just a little bit. So now I don't understand you. What? What are you saying to me? I don't understand. You, you're trying to tell me something. Think about it. If you didn't know German and somebody was trying to speak to you in German, what if your husband woke up and all he could speak was German? Right? How long do y'all think y'all going to last, right? Unless you learn, oh, come on now, unless you learn German or he learns English or, or Spanish or whatever, how long do you really think? Because he's going to be like, what? <laughs> You'd be like, what? Right? Because I don't understand you. I'm hungry. Now I'm just I'm mad, right? Because you don't understand me. I'm trying to tell you what my needs are. I'm trying to explain to you what my wants are, but you're not getting it. Why? Because you don't understand me. The team is looking at me like, Pastor, it's 12 o'clock, and we got to be out in an hour. So ain't going to be no children's ministry today. Amen. Sorry, Pastor, no youth ministry today. We'll have to go online or something. And just simply, husbands not understanding wives, and wives not understanding, and the scripture says, so they left off building the city. You know what that was? They were like, you know what? We can't do this no more. We can't build no more. I'm done with this. Uh, how did they say it? I didn't, I didn't grow up in the street. Uh, dose? 
<laughs> I know, I knew I just yeah, they got it real good. They like deuces, right? I could do bad by myself. Oh, yeah, you're going to do bad by yourself because you're going in a direction different than God, right? What is God like? God likes when you figure it out. God likes when you work it out, right? God likes when you can get glory and take what, what was dead and it come back to life. <clears throat> Amen. I conclude in John chapter 17. With God, nothing is impossible for us when we have unity. The reason why I took the time to override children's ministry, override the youth ministry, to take this long and this hard, I'm like twice, this is preaching twice time. The reason why is because unity is so vitally important. When Marquita and I were dating, it was the number one. On the first date, I was talking to her about marriage. On the first date, I didn't want to play games with her. And then, you know, if, if, you know, if I'm going to act like, well, let me see if you qualify to love me, to be my wife, to be, you know, the, 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 the mother of my children. Let me, I didn't want to treat it. I went in, you know, just like this is where I'm, I'm interested in you for marriage. But the bulk of my conversation on that night at the Cheesecake Factory, Y'all know Memorial City Mall? Come on, that's a special place now, boy. Boy, you taking me back. <laughs> Number one conversation was if you and I can live life not where the wife is submitting to the husband or the husband is submitting to the wife, and that's good. Submission is necessary at times, but it shouldn't be the majority of the time. If you and I can live life in agreement, then nothing that we set out to do will be impossible for us. I told a girl, I can give you the world. You can live your best life with me. If we can do it in unity and agreement. Uh, Pastor Carol, he's a, uh, Pastor Carol and, and uh, his wife, Kyra, are over the marriage ministry. And several years ago, and my wife and I, we've only been married for five years, but several years ago, he challenged the marriages to have a vision for their marriage. I, I wrote my vision down, and I brought it. I wanted to read it. I'm just out of time. But it speaks to, I want to be in unity with you. I want to be in agreement. So we don't fuss and fight and argue and yell at one another because that, that conversation is not going to end well, Right? Somebody's going to be hurt through it. So you know what? I'm going to back it back. All right. And if this is not a good time for us to talk about what's different about our perspective on this issue, then we can come back to it. Uh, Stephen and Anshua Lewis, when we first were married, they gave us a big uh, uh, portrait that has words on it, Ten Commandments of Marriage. And unity is a big part of our marriage vision. Amen. It's the greatest prayer for the believer today. In John 17 and 20, as I close, Jesus said, I don't pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may also be one, be in unity, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and that the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. For those of you that are here and those of you that are online, 
This is our greatest prayer. Unity happens when we are gathered together with one another and not separated from one another. I challenge you, be unified with the Lord and those in your life. Did you get anything out of this message today? <clears throat> Obviously, I'm just a little bit out of time. But I want to pray with you. If we don't do anything else, I want to pray with you before we go. So if every head be bowed and every eye is closed, and if you're here and you're, you're in a marriage and it's hurting, then I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. You can keep playing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I want to pray with you and for you, especially if you're here, if you're in a marriage and you're hurting. And if you're online and you're in a marriage and you're hurting, I want to pray this prayer that Jesus prayed, that somehow there will be an anointing release that will heal some of the deepest wounds that a person could ever experience in life. Some of the most traumatic experiences that a person can ever experience in life is when someone in their own family, a, a spouse or loved one, and, and there's hurt as a result. So Father, right now, we pray for every marriage present, for those that were married, and that, that, that are experiencing any kind of hurt as a result of division, divorce, separation. We pray that because we have been gathered together in your name and in your presence, that there will be a healing in every heart right now. That everything that Satan has used to, as evil to destroy them, that you'll turn it for their good right now in their marriage, in that brokenness, in that broken place. Come on, lift up your hands and receive this anointing. Receive this ministry right there at home while tears are, are dripping off of your face. Receive an anointing to heal the brokenhearted right now. Father, we speak peace in every house. Peace over every marriage. We speak unity, that you will anoint them to be able to speak one another's language and that they understand one another's speech. Turn their hearts towards you, Lord, that they love you more than anything and that they obey you, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. All that agree with that prayer said? Amen. One last thing, if you're online and you don't know Jesus Christ, again, Living life without God is not going to end well. I believe God has anointed me to lead you to this moment to give your life to him. Will you pray this prayer with me? Congregation, help those that are online, even those that may be here that want to give their life to Jesus. Pray this out loud. God will save you right now. Say it, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, that he died for me, bearing my sins for me, they put him in a grave, but I believe he's alive. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent for all of my sins, and I accept your offer of forgiveness. Thank you, Father, for saving me and making heaven my home. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Amen. Get in a good word, church, like Faith Family Church. We invite you back next week. Remember this, Jesus came so that you could have and experience a better life. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Give them a hand clap as they go. Amen. We love you all.